1: tournament pick at each position to share, including a tight end who will be so contrarian that 99% of DFS players won't even consider it. I'm football guy, John Lee. I go by tip and pick across the daily fantasy industry And this is a collaborative weekly segment called Tips and Picks, produced by Rotor Grinders and hosted on both footballguys.com and rotorgrinders.com. This week's tip, be the coach. At the beginning of the season, I told you to take it easy out of the gate because we don't yet know what we don't know. So as the season comes to a close, logic would suggest that we know what we need to know, right? Well, not so fast. On one end, we do know a lot more than we did to start the season. We know that the Rams and Chiefs are legit Super Bowl contenders, the Browns are an improving team, and the Raiders are just downright horrible. We also know that teams in the playoff hunt are going to continue putting their best foot forward to get into the postseason. For those teams, it's business as usual entering December. But for the teams whose playoff dreams for 2018 are over, we need to... Be the coach and put ourselves in the shoes of the head coach to level set expectations for player usage and resultant performance as the season winds to a close. The teams I'm talking about are not limited to division bottom dwellers either. I'm talking about the Packers with a new coaching staff, the Redskins with a third string quarterback, the Emmanuel Sanderless Broncos and so forth. I'm talking about teams that need to assess their internal stock heading into the offseason. Give those teams a closer look as we progress through December because you'll find some hidden gems who will benefit from increased playing time and vice versa. Using the Broncos as an example, with Sanders out, the world will be looking at Cortland Sutton to get all the volume in a wide receiver one role. But I'm thinking that the rookie could struggle against wide receiver one like coverage schemes and the sharp play moving forward might be Deshaun Hamilton a fourth-round pick in Penn State product that the Broncos will want to pressure test for a starting wide receiver role moving into next season. This week, Sutton's projected at over 20% ownership, while Hamilton is sitting at only 5%, despite a better personnel matchup and 50% discount from Sutton. This is just one example, but pay attention to the details, particularly at the level of player usage coming out of practices this month. Doing so could pay big dividends and DFS tournaments to wrap up your profitable season. So let's get to those picks. As you know, the goal here is to identify a few high upside tournament options who can help differentiate your GPP lineups on Sunday. First up is a quarterback who's doing everything necessary to rack up the W's in Baltimore. With Joe Flacco under center, the Ravens were four and five and averaging only 23 points per game. Since he was sidelined with a hip injury a month ago, The Ravens have found their groove with rookie Lamar Jackson, who's led the team to a 3-0 record as a starter with an average of 28 points per game. Blackout could return this weekend, but I suspect the Ravens will be conservative with him and give Jackson one more full-time start against Kansas City. Assuming that happens, Lamar is a perfect GPP flyer against the Chiefs team that's allowing 28% more production to the quarterback position than league-adjusted opponents, which happens to be the worst in the league. Meanwhile, Jackson ticks two boxes this week because the Chiefs are the league's worst-ranked DVOA rush defense, and we've seen Lamar rush for 70-plus yards in all three of his starts. Adding into the allure is the likelihood that the Ravens play from behind for the first time with Jackson a quarterback. If Vegas is correct and the Chiefs jump ahead early, Jackson could be asked to put air under the ball for the first time in his NFL career. Thus, the combination of game script, opponent, and Lamar Jackson's general athleticism make him a compelling GPP option with double bonus upside on DraftKings scoring system. Next up is a running back who's projected to be low owned despite pounding the same opponent just a few weeks ago. Back in week 10, LaShawn McCoy and the Bills traveled to the sunny side of New York State and trounced the Jets 41 10. In that effort, McCoy scored a pair of rushing touchdowns en route to 28 DraftKings points his best performance of the season. This week McCoy is offered up at $5,000 on DraftKings where 20 other running backs are priced above him and he gets the same plush matchup against the Jets' 22nd ranked DVOA rush defense that's allowed 5.4 yards per carry since Shady blew them up three games ago. In our early week ownership projections, McCoy's looking like a go-off in less than 5% of tournament rosters a low level of popularity likely driven by Josh Allen's recent surge of rushing that's stolen a lot of McCoy's value of late. But slot me in for above-the-field exposure on McCoy because he's a home favorite who's still seeing nearly 20 touches per game, and the Bills, they'd be well advised to minimize Allen's rushing if they want to keep their seventh overall pick in the league for the long term. Now, let's talk about a wide receiver who has as much upside as any player on the slate, despite laying a goose egg in two of his last three games. In a game projected to score over 55 points, the DFS world is clamoring to stack Jameis Winston with his receivers and running that back in a game stack with Michael Thomas. But I'll be happy to get a piece of the game with the odd man out, Traquan Smith at single digit ownership. As I alluded to at the top of the segment, Smith has fizzled in two of his previous three games. In the first, he was the victim of an efficient blowout against the Bengals that saw Drew Brees throw the ball only 25 times. In the second, Smith was surprisingly minimized alongside the rest of the Saints offense due to an underrated Cowboys secondary just two weeks ago. Against the Tampa Bay Bucks on Sunday, there's reason to be optimistic about Smith's chance to rebound, however as the Bucks allow the third most fantasy points per game to the position, despite playing a host of bad wide receivers over the past five weeks. Smith has demonstrated his upside as recently as week 11, where he's posted 10 catches for 157 yards and a score, a monster of a game that netted him a shade under 35 draft games points. With a slate high implied team total of 32 points, there should be plenty of fantasy goodness to go around on this Saint squad And given that Smith trails only Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara in targets per game, he's a reasonable pivot away from those much more popular options at a significant discount. And before I wrap things up with my sleeper tight end selection, do me a solid and hit the little subscribe graphic on the screen to ensure that you don't miss any of our great NFL content moving forward. Now, let's talk about that tight end that I seriously think could end up on the winning millionaire maker roster this Sunday. Our early week projections have C.J. Yuzuma so low that he doesn't even make the cut, meaning that we expect him to be on less than 1% of rosters on Sunday. If that were to happen, you're going to want a piece of Yuzuma at least 5x over the field. With A.J. Green lost for the season, Yuzuma becomes the de facto secondary receiver on the Bengals behind Tyler Boyd. Boyd, however, will contend with shadow coverage from shutdown cornerback Casey Hayward, which should provide overflow action to Yuzuma and underneath routes, while John Ross tries to stretch the field with his 4-4 speed. As 14-point underdogs, it will be tough for the Bengals to keep Joe Mixon relevant, which means that Jeff Driscoll will be dropping back often in this contest. Since Driscoll took over duties midway through the game two weeks ago, He's targeted Yuzuma 15 times for a 22% overall market share of the Bengals passing game, highest on the team. I'll be underweight on the entire Bengals offense on Sunday, except for Yuzuma, whose recent usage, plus game script, and minimal crowd exposure make him an excellent GPP option at a highly variable position. Quick summary, this week's tip is to think about how each coach will be approaching their games as we close out the season. For my picks, I'm excited about taking a stab with Lamar Jackson at quarterback to see what he can do when playing from behind. At running back, I'll go against recency bias and take LaShawn McCoy as a short home field favorite against a team he blew up only three weeks ago. At the wide receiver position, I'm content to take the hefty discount on salary and ownership with Traquan Smith in a cake matchup against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And lastly, I'll roll with CJ Uzuma as the only fantasy relevance bengal in a game where both game script and personnel matchups favor his production at 1% ownership. And that'll do it for this week's edition of Tips and Picks. Let me know your most contrarian high upside play of the week in the comments section just down here. For my most complete and final thoughts on the entire NFL slate each and every week, check out my weekly feature on footballguys.com, also called Tips and Picks. You can follow me on Twitter at Tip and Pick. And every Sunday, you can find me on Rotor grinders premium stream alongside Britt Devine and Justin Van Zuden, where we will give you our GPP final takes at 1120 Eastern. Until then, remember, the harder you work, the luckier you get.